Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And Joe and I are thrilled to be back for yet another week. How are you doing, Joe? I'm really, really good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, busy day today, um, trying to clear all the decks, ready for my um, course this week. So Ooh. it's going to be busy. Remind me what your course is all about. Um, I'm going to be doing my accredited data protection officer That's right. this week. So it's um, 8.30 to 5.30, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Whoa. Friday morning, and a four-hour exam in the afternoon on Friday. Oh my goodness, that is a lot. So, yeah. You are going to be completely frazzled by the end of the week. GDPR'd out you'll be. Okay. Well, yeah, my... But- it's all good fun. What are you up to? What am I up to? Well, my plan is to finish my Microsoft Teams book this week um, yep. so that I can send it off to my proofreader and get it back to send on to BookBoon by my deadline. So I've got two days clear, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week clear at the moment um, to get that finished. And I am kind of near the end, unless Microsoft drop a new feature in between now and Tuesday, which is possible. Um, but otherwise, today's been very exciting because we took delivery this morning of our new furniture. And uh, we I was telling you last week that uh, we had ordered some new furniture and they delivered it this morning and it just looks perfect. I'm very excited about it. So uh, it's really, really nice. So that's that's really nice. The flat is just about complete. Just a couple of small things to do. So it starts to feel like your home now, doesn't it? Because I know you've been there a while, but it's taken you a while to kind of yeah, get yourself settled. Boxes and obviously COVID, so you haven't been able to do some of the things I know you wanted to do. Yeah, so, so it's really exciting. We were very lucky that we were able to do our new kitchen just mm. before COVID hit, so that was fine. Um, but you know going out to look for furniture the last finishing touch things um, because we wanted this to be you know you get to a point when you want to renew or replace Mm. things you don't necessarily need all the stuff that you've accumulated Mm. over we've married 38 years now so that's a lot of accumulated stuff (laughs) we didn't bring most of it with us we left a lot behind Um, we've got one more room uh, which is a spare bedroom that I would like to make a little bit more inviting at the moment it's a bit of a dump but everybody's got a room like that I know and uh, (laughs) most people do anyway so we want to make that a bit more welcoming for when people do eventually are able to come and stay yeah and we we still have all our pictures to put up on the walls but that is going to take us a while because we have to decide which pictures go on what walls because we had artwork here, albeit not very exciting artwork, but pictures that we liked. Uh, but yeah. we brought our art, the only things that, you know, we brought the pictures that we've had for years and years that we liked with. So now it's a case of sorting and deciding what goes up and then where do they go. 
but once we've done that then it really will be finished so yeah, yeah. No, it's very exciting and how is how is lockdown over in israel for you at the moment are you um, yeah, it's slowly coming out. Um, it hasn't fully opened up. I mean, it's not doing what the UK is doing. Like the UK is like save Christmas. Uh, we haven't done that here. We've had all our major Jewish holidays through September and they actually made lockdown, a full lockdown so that people couldn't get together with families mm -hmm. and have big gatherings to infect everybody. Yeah. Uh, health service can't cope with it. It's not fair to the doctors and nurses that are on the front line and to the people that catch it. So um, it's easing out very slowly. Our shops are still not fully open. So they've been locked down. We, we were away uh, through the major part of the lockdown. We were in the States, but uh, there's been general lockdown here since the beginning of September and we're now at November. The food shops and, and pharmacies have been open and some of the essential businesses have been open but the shopping malls are still not open. The restaurants are still not open and the coffee shops are still not open. They are slowly opening them. Schools are almost back to normal, but not quite. So they're being really cautious, which has meant that the infection rate has gone down drastically. You really yeah. can see that the social interaction definitely has a correlation to the number of, um, the number of cases being being diagnosed so we'll see i mean it'd be nice to be able to go to the shopping mall and go out for a coffee uh, yeah. but i also want to be healthy so I, absolutely i was saying to my husband who's working from home at the moment i really miss being able to pick up my laptop and have a morning in the cafe not particularly to, for meeting but just that change of scene yeah. that, that refreshes your mind and I, you know I'm sure some of our VA community will be feeling you know very much like that if they're used to you know sort of doing let's say a co-working in a cafe with a couple of other people or you know having real-time connection and, yeah. and that sort of thing yeah but um yeah I mean at, at least we are social now so we have you know Friday night Saturday lunch which are our big social times over our Shabbat we do have guests now so that's now okay so but we won't have more than six people around the table um mm. you know two other couples that's it we're very you know we're fortunate in that we don't have small children we're not homeschooling we're not doing any of that stuff mm. um but we're not seeing our grandchildren properly yeah. you know we're yeah. meeting them in the park and while the weather is nice here at the moment um when it rains it really rains then that's not a possibility yeah but yeah. um but on the whole you know thank god we're, we're doing okay yeah. but talking about health and wealth and working and VAing, yeah. kind of brings me nicely into our guest who is the none other than the wonderful Catherine gladwin now if you are on linkedin and you're a va you will have seen her posts i hope anyway uh, if you haven't please go follow her she's really a true inspiration and you're going to find out why when we have a chat with her in just a minute. So welcome listeners, welcome back after Joe and I's brief chat before. And now it's my great pleasure to introduce the wonderful Catherine Gadwin, who is a business owner and a mentor and a really inspirational person. So Catherine, welcome to the podcast. No, thank you very much for having me. It's great. When I got your email through on LinkedIn, it was like, oh, yeah, I love that. Send me the link. Send me the link and I'll book that up. 
That's that's brilliant. We we uh, what I didn't talk to Joe about earlier was this week we record we record our podcast in batches uh, because it's the most efficient way of use of, of our time. And we're across time zones. I'm in Israel. Joe's in the UK. So, you know, it saves us having to have too many days where we're trying to work out what time we're supposed to be talking to each other. So because we do get we do get it wrong from time to time. But um, so um, what I wasn't didn't mention to joe earlier well, I, th- I can't remember if i did or not brains going we have surpassed three thousand episodes in fact it was three hundred yeah. three thousand and fifty one when i just looked before wow so that I is know. no mean achievement yeah. wow that's amazing yeah yeah since may Gosh, no. Yeah. yeah. It's May this year or May 1974? <laughs> May, <this year. laughs> May this year. May this year. So I'm really chuffed and I just want to say on air thank you to all our listeners uh, for, for sticking with us um, and also to all our guests because if, if it wasn't for the great guests, people wouldn't come and listen to just us nattering, would they, Joe? I mean, no, well, they might. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Catherine, do you want to tell our listeners who you are, what you do, how you got to where you got to and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, now I am, as well as being a VA, I'm still a VA. Um, but what I also am now is a, a best-selling author. I'll slip the best-selling bit in there because that's quite an achievement. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm a, and I'm a business mentor as well. And I find that a majority of virtual assistants come to me for mentoring because, as opposed to other business owners, but I do a, I do coach uh, I do mental coaches and, and other people. But I think it's because of off the back of my first book, How to Be a Virtual Assistant. Um, so how did I get into running my own business? So I think it was 2015. If you ask me another day, I'll probably give you another year, but I'm sure it was 2015, 2016, <laughs> I started my own business. And the reason I did was I'd always been a secretary. Remember those? Um, I'd been an admin manager. I'd always worked in admin and PA roles. And, and I loved it. I loved being able to boss people about and, you know, <laughs> control people's lives through their diary and, and, and I loved putting processes in place that made life easier. And one of those that, as, as, as I think will become apparent as I go on chatting, but um, and one of those that if I see a problem, I don't moan about it for long. I just find a solution to it because I think there is always a solution to, to, ma- to many things. Um, so in 2011... I was diagnosed with my first tumour, and it's a pituitary tumour. And as I'm sure many of your listeners know, we got a pituitary gland at the bottom of our brain, and that's where my tumour was. And it was causing a hell of a lot of problems. Um, The doctors thought I was going through the menopause because the symptoms were like that, but um, it was eventually found that the tumour was the problem. And I had it out in 2012, and then it grew back. And I had radiotherapy in 2014. And as a result of that radiotherapy, which was very intense radiotherapy, it was just one hit in um, London called Gamma Knife Radiotherapy. Don't Google it if you're um, (laughs) having your dinner or something while you're listening to this. The head head brace is not very nice. Um, So I had that. um, And as a result of that, it started to destroy my pituitary gland. And it gave me Addison's disease, which means my pituitary gland doesn't talk to my adrenal glands. So I don't produce cortisol. So if I was to get stressed, even if that's excited or angry, stressed or anything like that, it can kill me. I have to take medication throughout the day to keep me alive, basically. 
Um, even if I get sickness and diarrhea, I have to go to hospital because my body can't cope with that kind of stress. Wow. So it was getting harder and harder to hold down a nine till five yeah. job. But even though uh, it used to take me 25 minutes to walk to work, which isn't long, but as soon as I would get to that gate, it felt like somebody had put a breeze block wall in front of me and I just, I couldn't go any further. It was, it was just exhausting. Every step, everything I did was just exhausting. I still continued to work, but I thought it, it, I can't go on like this. I can't do this. I, I don't want to go on benefits. I love what I do. Surely I can do this from home in some way. So I thought virtually I could do it virtually. And I thought I've invented something here. I'm going to be a millionaire. Googled it and realized that people had already been doing it for, a, for quite a few years. So um, I started my own business and, and I, you know, I've had, I've had success, but I've also had an issue where I lost a main client and ended up with very little income. Um, and I talk about that in my second book to help the 20% rule. The second book is to help people ensure their business is safe mm. and sustainable, whatever happens. Um, so I've now built my business so that it is safe and sustainable, whatever comes our way, comes my way. And I put that to the test in October 2019 because I had a third tumour turn up and I had that removed, as I say, in October 2019 and had to take four months off work. So wow. if you can imagine stepping away from your business for four months, it would be quite frightening. What do you do? So, mm. But I'd managed to build my business to ensure that it was, it was okay and it kept going and I still had the income coming in. No, I'm worried I've been waffling now. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> that's my journey. <laughs> fascinated, fascinated. I think that is really, truly amazing. And your yeah. grit and determination is, is what stands out to me, you know, to get through it and carry on. Um, although sometimes we're forced to do that because circumstances dictate that, you know, if you've got little income, you've got to find a way to earn it. So that can be a driving factor, but you love what you do. Mm. And I think that's, that's really, really, really important too. So, so what, um, you, you mentor people. So what, what kind of format does that take? So I do that in a group setting. So I do it via um, a membership. It's a membership model. And I've got um, lots of different members. The criteria is they have to be in business 12 months and earn in a minimum of 1500 a month because I don't, I don't now work with brand new business owners because um, I prefer to work with people that appreciate just how hard it is because I do give a lot of my time when I mentor and I do it in a group setting, as I said, um, and it's run in a private Facebook group, but also everything is backed up by email and resources that are offline and things like that to help people. Everybody's unique. So everybody's journey is unique. Everybody's goals are unique. Um, I, I really don't believe that one size fits all. That's just my thought. You know, if I was to write a course, it would, it would suit a few people, but it wouldn't suit everybody. There's no, as I know, both of you will agree. There's no quick yeah. win. There's no one thing that we're all not doing. Um, but, and this winds me up sometimes when I see people say, I, I just started my business to help other people. I don't want to make any money. I'm just passionate about helping other people. And you think, ah, you, you sure about that? But there is some truth in it because I wrote my first book because I thought, Do you know what, I've created a work in life that I enjoy. I get up every morning excited. I feel like that nine year old girl playing with her post office set every day, you know, just messing about in my office. And 
work shouldn't be depressing. It shouldn't be life limiting. There shouldn't be any bullying or anything like that. Yeah. And, and I do genuinely, and I know you two do as well, enjoy helping other people yeah. to create that lifestyle as well. And I know that's why you've yeah. got this podcast to inspire yeah. others and to show them that there is a, a much better work-life balance out there that you can create your own working life. It takes time. It takes a few years, but it's, it's bloody well worth it. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I totally agree. And you know, I have always felt that I kind of get paid for my hobby. Yeah. Um, I'm training yeah. people how to use Microsoft Office. I love what I do and I love showing people shortcuts and helping them save time. But there is also a part of me, if I'm truly honest, that doesn't want to give that away all the time for nothing because no. there's no value to it. And it's about self-worth, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe my courses might be a little bit more expensive and you might be able to learn it, but you're not going to learn it from me. No. Nope. And that's, that's the difference. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that we all start our businesses for whatever reason we start them. At the end of the day, it's a business. Uh, and businesses hopefully make money somewhere absolutely, absolutely you've got to as well and, and with my membership like I said I give a lot of time to them and and they appreciate that I mean all of my members work really hard none of them will ever come back and say something like oh I didn't do that because I was um you know I had a lot of ironing to do that weekend or something like that <laughs> no. because because they they see me doing it and yeah. I've got people in the group as well with health challenges and I've got people in there that homeschool 20 you know all the time not not just during the lockdown I know and, and nobody ever comes up with excuses and that is the that is one of the main ingredients to success is to think do you know what is this is this an excuse or is it a reason if it's an excuse, yeah. you're going to have to work through it because we're all busy. We're all, we've all got challenges in our life. We've all got aches and pains and stresses yeah. and you just got to get on with it. If it's something that you really want to do. Yeah. Joe, what, what you want something you want to up your sleeve to it, us? It is, uh, well, I, I, um, I've heard your name on the VA circuit. I had no idea of the, the kind of challenges that you faced. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with, you know, the things that you've said. And um, it, it's not an overnight thing, is it? it it's not, you, you don't start today and then you're making that ideal income or th that beautiful life. And, and um, yeah, I, uh, I'm really, really, really inspired by that. But I have to ask, what is the 20% rule? What okay. And, and how can we all apply that to our businesses? Well, if there's any brand new business owners listening to this and really brand new, then you are excused momentarily. But for anybody else, the 20% rule, um, I trademarked that in March, I think it was. Um, and basically what it means is no one client should take up 20% of your time or your income. Right. Um, because what if you lost them? And the reason I created that rule in my own business was because I did have somebody that took up too much of my time very early on. And when I lost them, I had to go back to employment. Shudder. I was just thinking about that, didn't it? But um, yeah, so I always made sure that nobody takes up more, more of my time than they need to. Um, so that's what the book is based around and gives lots of other advice on how to ensure your business is sustainable. Um, like not relying on just Facebook for your audience and growing a yeah. mailing list. 
making sure that you price yourself properly, that you don't undercharge. I'm quite, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you know, I'm quite black and white about things sometimes. So, um, so what would you say your approach is and, and thinking for new VAs and existing VAs? Because pricing is one of those very hot topics where frequently you see the question, how much should I charge? And everybody will dive in and say, I charge X and I charge Y and you should charge and you can't get that rate if you live in this town. Oh. Or, so what's your... <laughs> what's what's your advice what's your approach to the the industry in terms of you know what what rate do you or how do you think about charging your rates and your i know got into cost so, plus is it value or how would you i've wasted advise? so many weekends arguing with people about hourly rates and things like that um yes. so i like i said there's quite a few vas in my membership and some of them join and they, they're charging £25 an hour. Or I've spoken to them and I've said, look, let's, let's get you up to £30 an hour. And then they'll put it up to 28 because they don't quite feel confident at 28 And then we'll have another one-to-one and I'll say to them, I've noticed that it's at 28 I did ask that it go to 30 Why are you positioning yourself below other people? And mm. it, is, it is fear sometimes. But yeah. just this week and last week, Two of my mentees put their prices up and they got it straight away. New client yeah. got the £30 an hour straight away. Yeah. Other people give the excuse, well, I haven't been in business long. But nobody is paying you for how long you've been in business. Nobody is paying yeah. you for how long you've been registered at HMRC. We have to realize that people are paying us for the change that we make. And what can seem hard is if you were on 10 or 11 pound an hour as an employee, then going to charge 30 can seem absolutely disgusting, but you've got to pay your insurance, your tax, your national insurance, your ICO registration. You've got to keep some aside for um, holidays. And if you get sick or something like that, you might want to buy a book. You might want to buy some software. So that 30 pounds soon dwindles down. But my yeah. recommendation to people as a VA is to charge a minimum of £30 and everybody is worth that. Another reason not to charge below that is because you're undercutting those of us that are charging more. And it, that's how the economy works, isn't it? You charge yeah. less, everybody else has to charge less. And like you, Joe, being a VA, mm -hmm. I love what I do and I don't want anybody else to ruin it. So. Yeah. Stop charging £15 an hour because you're worth so much more if anybody's listening to this and charging 15 quid an hour. And you're absolutely right because it, it, they're not paying you for the fact that you signed up with HMRC as a sole trader or Companies House as a limited company two, three weeks ago. They're paying you for the 20 or 30 or 10 years of experience you've had in your working life, whether that's C-suite, whether that's office management, whether that's um, marketing support, whether that's training, the, the list is, is endless, as, as you both know. Absolutely. And, you know, clients that see and value, not just today, but all of that additional knowledge you bring to make their business work and function is what they're going to pay for, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And it's always cheaper than a full-time employee because, I mean, when I was a full-time employee, I was never busy those whole eight hours or seven and a half hours. There was times when I'd stand in the kitchen mucking about and, you know, (laughs) networking, as I used to call it, or raiding the stationary office or something like that. But um, another reason as well people give for charging less is that they've not done the task before. But I don't know about you two, I don't think you should ever say yes to anything you can't do because you're playing with somebody else's business, yeah, somebody else's yeah. reputation, and you the, can't just learn something from YouTube. The, yeah. the other thing with, with that, Catherine, is that if you're positioning yourself, for example, as a diary VA, right, a diary and email VA, if you have spent the last 10 years being a diary and you know email VA at C-suite, nine times out of 10, you are not just sat there for eight hours a day with a diary. There are other things that you've done. You've filled in a spreadsheet, you've typed documents. So there are other tasks that you have done and you can bring those skills to the table, even if somebody has just hired you, let's say, to manage their diary. Absolutely. And it's how you use that. And it's likely that they've been doing emails or communicating with the the diary owner's um, clients or colleagues or acquaintances. And and then they're able to send holding emails so that the client isn't like, oh, God, I've got a thousand emails I need to get back. And there's so much you can be doing that you've got experience in that you may not realize. And I don't know whether people are able to have power hours with you, Joe, or something like that to find out what it is that they can offer as a VA. But it's... um, there is so much more out there. Sometimes we forget what we do. And sometimes too, we underestimate what we can do because we we just do it naturally. And we forget that so many other people either haven't got, my three headings are can't, won't, or shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) One of those, they usually fall under those. Yeah. I I think you're exactly, you're right though, aren't you? I mean, and, and, and Shelley, you, I'm sure you would agree. There are people who might spend you know, from Shelley's perspective, hours trying to do something with Word when they should just go to Shelley and either pay for a power hour or buy her Word course that covers that topic and, and fix it. Funny you should say that, but somebody in my trainer community did just that today. She put a post in saying, oh, I've got these text boxes and they're floating all over the place and what do I do? And I'm thinking, why are you using text boxes for goodness sake? And yeah. um, so I actually did jump, she's a friend, so I jumped on a call with her. She said, wow, I've been using Word for 20 years and you just spent 11 minutes she was timing 11 minutes with me she said that's going to save me so much time yeah brilliant Brilliant. definitely comes into the shouldn't yeah yes (laughs) I used to say to my kids they used to hate it and they'll probably hate me for saying it if they ever listen to this but uh, I used to say to them there's no such thing as can't there's I don't want to yes I don't feel like it but there's no such thing as can't there's I'll try Yep. but there's no can't there's, no. I won't <laughs> I was watching a, a previous episode of I'm a celebrity and I had that exact conversation the night before uh, yet last night actually that somebody I can't do it I can't do it I, I and me and my partner were like it's not that he can't do it he doesn't want to do it <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no I, th- I think I'd um I'd, I'd, I'd preface that though in one instance um I, I can't go up a mountain 
Um, yeah. You know, my body will not obey that command. I get up halfway up a mountain and I turn to jelly and my yeah. legs just will not go any further. And it's not because I don't want to, because I really want to. But yeah. I just can't. That Your is body won't let you. My body won't, yeah. really won't let me. It's, it's horrible. But um, anyway. You need to do what they used to do to um, BA on the A team. Was his name BA? Yeah, Wait, before, it, yeah. He, before he got in a helicopter but actually no I think they used to knock him out so that wouldn't be any yeah. good would it you won't, you won't get to enjoy it then <laughs> oh well never mind so have you got um I I, I love um the thing about the 20% rule I think that's also true I mean from my perspective as a trainer um when I had the face to because I, I used to have a face-to-face training company with corporate clients um, and yeah, you certainly wouldn't want one client to be your main client because, you know, a they if they, as you say if you lose them you are up a up a pad, up a creek without a paddle. Get my idioms right in a minute. <laughs> and uh, the the other thing is is also they take up so much of your time yeah. that you don't have enough time to develop the rest of your business, mm. and you almost become like their employee in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you've stepped away from employment and gone straight back into a situation yeah. where you're at somebody else's command and you're you're not in control anymore yeah you probably start to resent it as well because yes you know i haven't got time i've got a big project coming up uh, and it's touch and go whether it will come up whether we the proposal that we've put in and there is a tiny little part of me that's thinking but if it comes off I'm going to be so busy with it. I mean, it'll be very nice if it does. Don't get me wrong. I hope it does come off. But there is that little bit of me that's thinking, if it does come off, when am I going to fit all the other stuff in? Yeah, you'll have to get a VA. Yeah, I really <laughs> have to get another one. Unfortunately, <laughs> my VAs can't do my training. So oh, yeah. that is me. So that, but they can do everything else. It's fine. But uh, but that that's great. So if you got. Um, have you got any other tips that you're willing or happy to share um, for VAs, whether they are as new or existing? Because, you know, the podcast, in fact, we've been picking up some executive assistant listeners recently. So welcome to all of you executive assistants Brilliant. who've started listening to us as well. Because executive assistants often go on to becoming their own, running their own business later on. So hopefully... They are also learning stuff that will stand them in good stead. So yeah. what other tips can you offer, Catherine? Well, again, it's about pricing. It's a little tip that I teach people that, that does work. Um, if somebody says to you, um, oh, that's a bit expensive. Can you do it for a little less? Or is there any movement on that? There's just one thing you need to say, and that's no. <laughs> and then just pause. Because naturally... If you pause, I think it's something like 13 seconds or something yeah. like that, the other person speaks. They, they, us humans can't bear silence for too long. And if you just say no and pause, the other person will say, okay. If somebody ever asks why not, then the answer is because all of my clients deserve the best of the same service. So if you were to reduce your rate, what you're insinuating is they don't get the same service as yeah. the other clients. And it's never usually your hourly rate that's putting people off. If at all, I'm just trying to think of a situation where an hourly rate does put people off. And I've not really come across that, to be honest. It's usually that it's the wrong client for you. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Or your marketing maybe needs a little bit of a tweak, but yeah, my tip is to, if somebody 
challenges or questions your hourly rate? The response is no. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I'm sure I've got a couple of, uh, there's, well, there's a couple of tra- sales trainers that I know that will be cheering that one. Oh, and yeah. a couple of negotiation trainers that I know that will be cheering that one. Because um, it's the sort of advice that they give as well. Oh. So I think that's, that's, uh, that's definitely good advice. That's definitely good advice. And do you ever advise your uh, people that you work with or mentor to charge by the package or is it generally by the hour? No, I do encourage, yeah, no, I do encourage package pricing actually, because more often than not, people want to know what they're getting for an investment. So as an example, as a VA, I write newsletters for people. um, And instead of doing it by the hour, I charge £70 a newsletter and I list what they get for that, what, what they get for that £70. And when I changed to a package model from an hourly rate on most of my things, they sold much better. I do bookkeeping as well. And that's all packaged and that sold so much better. It's easier for me as well, because then I just invoice people on a recurring basis and they get the same invoice every month and they know what's coming their way too. Um, And you also make a bit of passive income that way because when I'm working with a client, so £70 for a newsletter is two, hour, is two hours of my time. But where, when I've been working with a client for a longer period of time, yeah, it doesn't take me two hours to do a newsletter because I get yeah. into their tone of voice. They like them quicker. They come yeah. get back in draft. Yeah. So I'm making a bit of passive income that way. So I do thoroughly recommend putting as many packages as you can onto your yeah. website and your offering to make life easier for people obviously not too many that it's like overwhelming and they don't know what to do but I did write a course actually how to create packages for your small business and that's very popular so um I've got that on my website but yeah I do I do recommend packages and that's that's great that's great brilliant so my mind has just gone completely blank. I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> I get those. I get those. <laughs> so, have you got anything else? Well, I was going to say I, I agree with Catherine about the packaging because one of the things that I cottoned on to, shall we say, much, much earlier in, in was that people would not or they wouldn't be necessarily quibbling the hourly rate. It was how much it was going to cost because they didn't know whether they were going to have a bill for 10 hours or two hours. So by setting out, um, you know, as an example, I'll do your newsletter for £70 a month and they know that there are X number of tasks within that newsletter or you're saying you'll get half an hour of my diary time in the morning and the afternoon and it's a fixed price, £100 a month, 200 whatever that is. They know exactly what they've got. They've got a fixed bill because don't forget these people are, are businesses as well. So the question sometimes is about how do I budget for your services if I'm paying an hourly rate, which feels like it has no end. Does that feel, is that where you're coming from, Catherine? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want to work like that. So with my VAs, I mean, I've um, I've got a couple of assistants that work with me. And if it's a brand new task, I'll say to them, could you spend two hours on it or three hours on it and see how far you get? And then I know yeah. what, what to expect then. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, 
if somebody's got a package, it makes things so much easier. I know what my investment's going to be and I know what's going to be the end result, what the yeah. objective is and yeah. And what change they're going to make to my business. So it's, it's yeah. a great way of, of an extra way of encouraging people to invest in you. Yeah. I, th- I think that's very true. Certainly on the business owner side of things who has a VA, um, my first VA was, she ran my business more or less. I mean, I had 20 hours a month from her. It was the best thing ever. She was fabulous. Unfortunately, it, it, we worked together for about four or five years, I think. And then, you know, illness and circumstances and we had to part ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I didn't have to think about it because it was a set amount of time a month. And when I started um, with tomorrow's VA and, and, the the VAs the last couple of VAs that I've had it's mainly about I outsource mainly my social media everything else I'm more I outsource a couple of other things but to different people and um and it's it's always starting with let's start with say five hours and see what five hours gets because you don't know how much or how long things take and then eventually you know we, we we have more than that now but we know that most months it's going to be around the amount of time we've now got. Yeah. But I think as a business owner, you also have to understand that that VA doesn't always know exactly how things are going to take, long no. things are going to take. Mm-hmm. I still remember I used to teach Microsoft Project. Joe will like this because yeah. uh, I know you're a project manager at heart. So yeah. uh, um, I remember running a course one day and, and I had a group of people from one organization. They were on a group course and one of them said to me, well, I'm, they were doing their own project. They were planning out, they had something to do that I'd given them to do. And he said, well, how long should this take? And I said, it's not my project. I've got no idea. It's your project. You have to, you have to figure it out. And that's the problem. You don't always know. You have to guesstimate. And Absolutely, I yeah. You, you... And the more you do something, the, the more you know how long it'll take there are there, there will be occasions where you'll perhaps create a package or you'll say to a client oh that'll take me four hours and it takes you longer and you you may have to just suck it up and and lose that money but the lesson is that you'll know next time sometimes you can go back to the client and say I'm so sorry this is I've used the four hours and only got halfway through I underestimated how long this is going to take and sometimes they'll come back and they'll say that's absolutely fine. Please continue. They need it done. Um, as long as you haven't taken the mickey, most clients are okay. But um, there, there will be occasions where you're, you're underpriced, but you'll learn for next time. Yeah. yeah. And that's another reason why you should always charge a proper hourly rate and not something silly so that you don't lose out massively. So how do people find you, Catherine, apart from on LinkedIn, if they want to join your... Do you open up your membership um often is it a rolling thing do you do it three times you know how does that work so i've just closed it again for new members but it's opening again in probably january i'm probably going to look at january or february i've got a challenge that i'm planning on doing then to get an extra 500 to 1000 pound into your business so i'll probably open it up so people can take part in that um my website is katherinegladwin.co.uk um one of many domains I've bought, but the one that I'm, <laughs> one that I'm using currently. <laughs> I've got this terrible obsession with domains. Some women are handbags, others are shoes. I'm domain names. <laughs> I have a few. 
I have a few. <laughs> Far too many. I have. I am letting a lot of them not renew now because it's just silly. It's getting silly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm katherinegladwin.co.uk and everything's on there about me. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. This has been an absolutely fascinating interview, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, thank and, you. I uh, do really appreciate being asked. Oh, no. And I'm sure that our listeners will have gleaned lots of useful tips, um, certainly around pricing and packages that they can take back into their businesses and also inspiration um, you know, that you can do it and excuses rather than reasons are what you have to look out for. I think that's, that's an important point. So thank you very much. Thank you both. Thank you. On this computer. Welcome back listeners. So Joe, we just spent a very pleasant half hour or so with Catherine Gladwin and I'm so pleased she agreed to come and, and talk to us. Um, I had been following Catherine for a while. In fact, I saw her, the first time I saw her in person was she was on a panel at the Northwest VA conference, which I was um, very privileged to attend. That's a conference run by Joanne Hawkins. And, uh, and as for VAs in the Northwest, Northwest VA conference, uh, and she was on a panel there. So, so I, I was really inspired by, by Catherine then. And, uh, and I've been following her ever since. What a story, hey? Yeah, very, very inspirational. It just shows that if you really, really want it, there is a way, yeah. you know. And I, I'm going to put my hand up here because I procrastinate. And, you know, excuses are a form of procrastination. And we all... And I'm sure you'd put your hand up. There must be moments where you've thought, oh, shall I, shan't I, or, or whatever it is. And, and it's waiting for that moment to, to sort of work its way out for you to figure it out. But I think Catherine has shown us that, you know, don't sit there in your pity party. Don't, don't make those excuses all the time. Just get up there and go for it. And, and you know, Catherine is hugely successful in our industry. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I think there's a couple of things I want to pick up on, though, yeah. um, that you just said, not, not something that Catherine mm. said. But first of all, the idea of sitting there in your pity party, I, I totally get that. In fact, one yeah. group I was in, we used to say, OK, you can have your pity party for the next hour, but then yes. you've got to get out. Or to, tomorrow, you can have the day off tomorrow, have your pity yeah. party, but get back on the horse and get yeah. going. But I also do think, and I think it's hugely important, especially now, because we're still in pandemic times and we're still in difficult mental health situations yes, for a absolutely. lot of people. So I think it is um, fair to acknowledge that there are times when you really don't feel up to doing things. And I've had a couple of days like that recently. I, I yeah. haven't felt very well over the weekend, or upset, dumb, whatever. Um, and I was planning to do all sorts of things yesterday, for example. I was going to get the book finished. I was going to do this. Yeah. You know what I did? I laid on the couch and read a book all day because that was actually all I felt fit for. Today I'm back up and I'm fine. And I think that we do need to acknowledge that there are days where we need to do that. We need to do a day once in a while. Oh, I, I absolutely, totally agree. You know, it's life is not a bed of roses every single day and, and acknowledge that. And as a business owner, there will be those times when you have those clients that 
mess you about that are not a great fit that don't pay your bill i mean i started 2020 with a client that had defaulted on a significant amount of money it was a huge challenge there were moments when i put my head in my hands and just couldn't see the way out and it's easy to allow those times to to swallow you up so on those times when you feel like that pick up the phone who is your VA buddy? Who is your VA mentor? Who is that person that will help you to deal with whatever it is that's creating the procrastination or the moment of self-doubt or, or all of those things and puts the virtual arm around you or takes you for a coffee, listens, gives you practical advice and helps you get back up there on that horse. Because yeah. it's the people who do get back up on the horse and keep going that become Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I you know, I just just felt that. Yes. You know, I think I, I totally. I mean, I'm very driven. I'm very tenacious, and I won't give up. And I'll just get yeah. back on, and I'll do the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing like a lot of other people. Yeah. But there are days when you feel that you just need to take off or you need to do day day, especially when you, you know, especially if you've been working flat out or you've got other things going on around you yeah. that are very hard to, to deal with, whether that's homeschooling or worry about elderly yeah. relatives or anybody that's vulnerable at the moment yeah. to this awful thing that people are catching. But, yeah. um, but I, I, I found the, the, the way that Catherine has turned it all around and then made sure that her business was resilient yes. so that when she unfortunately had to take time out again earlier in the year, her business didn't suffer for that. And I think that is truly amazing. Yes. Um, she must have built a really good network of support VAs who could kind of run her business for her. But also, I think one of the really good things, one of the things that struck me is, is her mentorship program. If you're in yes. a group like that, that, that can be truly empowering and very, very supportive, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I recently joined with a couple of other VAs who, you know, we all wanted the, the, the person to bounce ideas off and we have put um, a slot in our diary um, an hour and a half every Friday or every other Friday I should say and we will talk to each other about what is it that's caused the problems in our business over the last couple of weeks what is it that's made us feel down importantly what are the successes yeah what what do we need help with what advice can you give each other um, that will help us deal with the problem, the issue, the down day, and then help each other set goals and targets and, and, and schedule in that next appointment where we work through and, and the hive mind. Somebody else may have a piece of experience that they can share with you that will just help you not necessarily fix the problem, but their experience and their sharing that experience sets something off in your mind. Oh, I could try that. Yeah. And then you move that. It moves you forward that two steps and that move you forward two steps might just be the thing that lifts you 
ready to go back the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, over, over all my working time running my own business, <clears throat> often I've been mem part of a mastermind group, which is actually what you're describing, yeah. a very small mastermind group, but still a mastermind group. Yeah. And they are hugely important. So I think, you know, um, I, I, I love the idea of, of Catherine's um, expert membership. And yeah, almost feel like, wow, I'm going to sign up. Maybe I should yes. just sign up. I mean, I'm yes. part of a group, a, a, a trainer group, but that did sound really enticing uh, yeah. and, and very, very good. But how do you um, make sure that you don't have one client hogging all your resources? What do you do? When, how would you know? I mean, I mean obviously, let, let's just talk about the, mm. the physical ways that you might realize that you've got one client that's taking so much of your time and, and energy uh, and and then you you need to balance whether the recompense yeah. from that client is worth them hogging your time yeah. and energy what what how do you keep a track of that joe as a va well i i time block so i know in my day i aim for um five to six billable hours in a day and what I have developed a process over the, the, the last little while is that I block out chunks of time for a particular client. So, and I have a visual because in Outlook, as you well know, Shelley, you can categorize, you can put colors and you can do all sorts of things that, so I can look at my diary and I can instantly see that I've got not necessarily an exact percentage, but I can see yeah. when I look at my week, this is how much there is for networking. This is how much there is for client work. This is how much there is for that. Now, within that client work color, I might block out two hours for client one, two hours for client two. And over the course of the week, if client one has got more than two or three slots, I know that they're eating more time. Now, I'm in a situation where a significant portion of the work that I do, I do a package. I very rarely now bill um, hourly rates. In fact, the only time I bill hourly rates is when I do associate work. And I'm doing less and less of that now. I'm doing yeah. chunked sort of package deals and a lot of those tend to be with the type of stuff I do bespoke packages so I work then on I can do two or three packages of a certain type in a week yeah. and that's how I can tell roughly where I'm going with it yeah yeah so if you if you sense that you had client Joe coming uh, I didn't mean Joe anyway no. Yeah. Bob, if you sense that Bob was starting to book more and more of your time, what would you do? Would you would you have a chat with Bob and say, look, I can't do this indefinitely? Or would you say I can only do so much for you? Or would you continue to do it because something else hadn't yet? Well, there's, there's two things. First of all, as Catherine suggested, there's that 20% rule. And I've never heard of it quite in that way but 
if there's a client that's starting to look like they are taking so much of your time that you're having to turn away other work, then possibly that's a time where you either review how you're working with that client or is it a case that you don't want to turn away the work but you bring on an associate so that if that client's work drops off so for instance in the run-up to christmas in the real world normal times (laughs) you might have clients who are exceptionally busy because that's their peak time of year so they might go from five or six hours a month to 15. Now, in over that short period of time, you might flex that just yeah. for that client, or you might bring in associates so that when the work goes back down to the normal five or six hours, your associate then is not needed or they yeah. move on to something else. So there are different ways, but I think it always starts with a conversation and, and relationship building with your client. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think what the the point that Catherine made or the point that that stands out for me is that we need to be aware Um, because I think it's very easy when a client is giving you more and more work and booking you more and more to think, oh, isn't this wonderful? My business is really successful. I'm earning all this money and got all this stuff coming in. And then one day you realize when client B comes along that you can't take on client B because client A's hogged you. Um, And and then it, then you start to feel resentful. So I think, um, I think Catherine has a brilliant point and I think it's just something to be aware of and find yourself a process, whether that is color coding your outlook calendar like you do. And I've always color coded my outlook calendar. Um, I always had color for admin and a color for clients and a color for book writing and whatever else. So at least when I look at my calendar, if I know there's a green entry, it meant I was going to clients that day. So I could immediately see how many days I was out of the office when I was running the face-to-face company. But it could be that you run a spreadsheet and you have a percentage calculator in there, or it could be that your bookkeeping software or your accountant says, Hey, did you know client A is taking up a lot of your time? I think it's just what, good to be aware of and that was something that that stood out for me today and I think I might be going to get Catherine's book as well I think yeah. it's like it'd be fun fun read well I think that's it Joe. we are recording this in November it's now quarter to seven in the <laughs> evening and um I have to go make supper so <laughs> I um, think what's on the menu tonight Shelley what's on the menu we've got turkey meatballs that I made I took out the freezer this morning because I knew we were going to be recording a bit late uh, and I'm just going to make some rice and some vegetables to go with it so that sounds wonderful yeah I, I save time by batch cooking as opposed to batch appointment making uh, yeah. and batch working I batch my cooking so if it's something like meatballs or any kind of meatballs turkey chicken beef whatever or stews I will always make more than enough for more for at least two meals because it's the same effort uh, and if it's meatballs, it's probably five or six meals because it's, you know, if you're making meatballs, if you're making two pounds of mincemeat, making six pounds of mincemeat doesn't make that yeah. much difference. And you've got a few meals there for those days when you're working late. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's what I'm off to do next. So I think we shall love you and leave you listeners. 
Thank you once again for being with us. It's Shelley at tomorrowsva.com, Joe at JLB support, jlbbusinessconsulting.co.uk. I will get it right. I <laughs> promise I will one day. And um, the podcast page on Facebook at Virtually Amazing. And do get in touch. We've got some super guests lined up for you we've just been writing to our next batch of list of interviewees and guests yep. and very honored that people are saying yes to coming on the podcast so thank you once again and we'll see you next week you've been listening to virtually amazing the podcast for virtual assistants with shelly fischel and joe brianti we look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.